We can now consider illuminated spiritual individuals and their experiences of enlightenment. Buddha is perhaps the most notable and acknowledged enlightened being, or illuminati, literally meaning a person who has been enlightened. Within the teaching of Buddha, we find so definitive his experience that to it is applied the date of the 8th of December when he was aged 35 that he found enlightenment. In the Quran, there is constant reference to the light of Muhammad and the description of the Prophet as an illuminating lamp. Muhammad often meditated alone for several weeks on end in a cave called Al-Hira in the Mountain of Light near Mecca. Indeed, he was aged 40, and it was in the month of Ramadan that he received his first revelation from the angel Gabriel, which was associated with mysterious seizures. The Encyclopedia of Islam suggests that Muhammad received a sudden prophetic call, which transformed the whole of his consciousness and filled him with a spiritual strength that decided the whole course of his life. Regarding the mysterious seizures, it states that, such moments may be regarded as genuine since they are unlikely to have been invented by later Muslims. These mysterious seizures must have been afforded to those around him the most convincing evidence for the superhuman origin of his inspirations. It is uncertain whether he had such experiences before he began to see himself as the prophet of Allah or for how long he had these experiences. Much like the fictional Faust and the biblical Enoch, he too was presented with visions and like Enoch was taken on a tour of the heavens, a journey recounted in the Quran and in the supplemental writings of the Hadith. As in Dante's Divine Comedy, he too tours the circles of heaven before returning to earth to recount the journey. Within the context of the Islamic world, there is, I believe, another example of an illuminated spiritual individual, Al-Ghazali, who may not be as well known in the West as others listed here. However, some of his writings are considered classics in the Middle East. Al-Ghazali, after a decade of intense searching, came to taste of the truth. He stated that for ten years in that condition and in the course of these periods of solitude, things impossible to enumerate or detail in depth were disclosed to him. He states that all motions and quiescences, interior and exterior, are learned from the light of the niche of prophecy. And beyond the light of prophecy, there is no light on earth from which illumination can be obtained. He further seeks to describe the state or fruitional experience as being totally lost in God and comments on the ineffability of the state when he writes beyond the narrow range of words so that if anyone tries to express them, his words contain evident error against which he cannot guard himself. Further descriptions providing evidence to place him solidly in this category of illuminated individuals can be found in his references to the effect of light which God Most High casts into his breast and that light is the key to most knowledge. Over 400 texts are ascribed to Al-Ghazali and 40 books were devoted to the doctrines and practices of Islam and how these could be made the basis of a profound devotional life leading to higher spiritual levels by the way of Sufism or mysticism. We can look to Zarathustra for further evidence. He described himself as one who knows and according to Zoroastrian tradition, he too spent years in a wandering quest for truth. 
According to tradition, Zarathustra was 30 when the revelation came to him. The accounts mention that on the bank of a river, he saw a shining being who revealed himself as Vohu Mana, or Good Purpose, and this being led Zarathustra to the presence of Ahura Mazda, or God, and five other radiant figures, before whom he did not see his own shadow upon the earth, owing to their great light. It was then from this great heptad, or group of seven, that he received his revelation. And it was after this revelation that Zarathustra began preaching of Ahura Mazda as the one uncreated God, breaking with the tradition and accepted beliefs of the time and of his people. The renowned researcher Boyce suggests that one could not hope to retrace the steps leading to Zarathustra's exalted belief, but that it seems probable that he came to it through meditation. It is interesting to note here that of this monotheistic religion, Ahura Mazda is also referred to as the Lord of Wisdom, Truth and Light. We find similar events happening to Jesus in the story of the temptation of Christ. Jesus, of course, is attributed with many references to light, such as from John 8.12 when Jesus says, I am the light of the world. The temptation of Christ occurs after Jesus has been baptized by John and when he retreats into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. According to the book The Historical Figure of Jesus, it is intrinsically likely that Jesus sought solitude for prayer and meditation. The temptation is also related in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark and Luke, immediately after the baptism by John, where we find further relevance in Matthew 3.16. It states, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straight away out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. It is, however, in what is known as the Transfiguration of Christ that we see the clearest instance of the experience. It is recounted in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but there were three who were privileged to actually witness the phenomenon. These were Peter, James, and John, and two of them, Peter and John, alluded to it in the Bible. The verses tell that Jesus took the three disciples to what is thought to be Mount Tabor, where he was transfigured before their eyes. In Matthew 17:2, we find, There in their presence he was transfigured, his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as dazzling as light. In Mark 9:3, we find, there in their presence he was transfigured, his clothes became brilliantly white, whiter than an earthly bleacher could make them. And in Luke 9.29 we find, And it happened that, as he was praying, the aspect of his face was changed, and his clothing became sparkling white. This instance is also alluded to in other Gospels of John and Peter. Paul the Apostle is perhaps the most powerful individual in the history of the Church, and Christian theology owes much to Paul's epistles which provided its foundations. He was from Tarsus, originally a Jew whose original Hebrew name was Saul. He was strictly trained in Jewish law and traditions and most likely never met Jesus. It was on the road to Damascus when he had his experience which resulted in his conversion to Christianity. 
he was approaching the city when, suddenly, there shined round about him a light from heaven, and as he fell to the ground he heard a voice ask, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? When Saul asked whose voice it was, the response was, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Saul was then told to go on to Damascus, and that he would be told what to do. Saul arose, and when he opened his eyes, he found that he was blinded. Saul remained blinded for three days. After his conversion or experience, Paul, as he then became known, much like Jesus, spent a period of solitude during this time in Arabia before becoming one of the most notable early Christian missionaries. Whatever the case, this account of his instance of revelation enjoys no less than three accounts in Acts 9, 22, and 26, and I am convinced that it is an expression of the Kundalini experience. I have often wondered if Moses did not have a similar experience. This Hebrew prophet was probably born in 1200 BCE and was considered by some early Jewish and Christian traditions to have been the author of the Torah. God appeared to Moses in Exodus 3 in the form of a blazing bush. It says the bush burned with fire. However, it goes on to say that the bush itself was not consumed. In the account of Moses' return from God, there is another mention in the context of light. In Exodus 34.29 it states, And it came to pass, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, with the two tablets of testimony in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mount, that Moses wist not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with God. The account then goes on to say that when Aaron, his brother, and all the children of Israel saw Moses, the skin of his face shone, and that they were afraid to go close to him. This radiancy seems to be very similar to the transfiguration of Jesus, as witnessed by Peter, James, and John. In the book of Ezekiel, there are examples of remarkably similar imagery, when the hand of the Lord came upon Ezekiel the priest. Ezekiel looked, and a stormy wind came sweeping out of the north, a huge cloud and flashing fire, surrounded by a radiance, and in the centre of it, in the centre of the fire, a gleam as of amber. Toward the end of the vision, Ezekiel sees what looks like a throne, and the appearance of a man upon it. He saw from what appeared as his loins down what looked like fire. There was a radiance all about him, like the appearance of the bow which shines in the clouds on a day of rain. Such was the appearance of the surrounding radiance. That was the appearance of the semblance of the presence of the Lord. It should be noted that the Merkaba movement were the predecessors of the Kabbalah and based their mysticism on Ezekiel's vision. So, it does appear that this kundalini or mystic experience has occurred at the very beginnings of our religions and spiritual movements. I have already cited examples from within Judaism, Buddhism, Islam, Sufism, Jurastrianism, Christianity and Hinduism. In every instance there exists a sudden onset of an experience, always entailing light, resulting in revelation and a compelling influence upon the individual to articulate and share this unique and unusual experience. 
The individual nearly always seems to have gone through a previous period of deep introspection, contemplation and meditation in some search for truth. This is not at all dissimilar to the experiences of the spiritual philosophers of the last chapter or at variance with the commentary given by esoteric spiritual texts. William James suggested that a personal religion will prove itself more fundamental than theology or ecclesiasticism, and that churches, when once established, live at second hand upon tradition. But the founders of every church owed their power originally to the fact of their personal communion with the divine. Of these transformational figures and forerunners of religious and spiritual thought, James comments on how the experience transcends such individuals and quotes an author whom he does not name but states that this individual has made a careful study of the phenomena. The unnamed author comments on how the spiritual insight always comes suddenly and in an overpowering way. He states, How one after another... The same features are reproduced in the prophetic books. The process is always extremely different from what it would be if the prophet arrived at his insight into spiritual things by the tentative efforts of his own genius. There is something sharp and sudden about it. He can lay his finger, so to speak, on the moment when it came, and it always comes in the form of an overpowering force from without, against which he struggles, but in vain.